Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of React Roundup. I am TJ Van Toll, and with me I have Paige Niedringhaus. Hey everyone. And Jack Harrington. Hey TJ, hey Paige. And today we have kind of a special episode. This is episode 200. Whoa! Yay! Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Whoa! Time, time flies when you're having fun. So it does, actually. <laughs> uh, so we thought today we'd do a little bit of a meta episode and look a little bit at the show itself. Maybe take a blast down memory lane. Mm. Uh, talk a little bit about the show itself, why we why we do this and such. And <laughs> I kind of thought to start, it would be a little bit fun to go to the, kind of dive into each of our origin stories, right? How we got started on this podcast. And so I dug up each episode that was our first episode, and all of us started as guests on the show as yeah. well. And then, and then I got down. bitten by a radioactive spider. That's <laughs> yeah. a different story. You woke up a day, one day right. you're on a video call, and I was hanging out of the ceiling. <laughs> hey folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs, and lately I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But what I really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv and I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want. Right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I, I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there, and we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendev.com. So, Jack, we can start with you because oh, no. your, your oh, first episode. Yeah. Your first <laughs> yeah. episode was episode 136. It's talk about micro front ends and module federation. So, how much do you remember of that, first of all? Uh, well, do you remember I remember you... a lot of it because I listened to it this morning. Just, oh. uh, just because I was like, did, my, did I sound okay? <laughs> what was going on? Actually, it, sound, it, you know, it sounded pretty good. You, you know, it sounded okay. But um, yeah, I, I totally, I remember it. And I think it was, but it wasn't actually, I didn't start then. I think I started like, like 10 episodes later. I kind of got the, hey, do you want to be on the show sort of thing? Mm-hmm. And that was, that was fun. And I was like, yeah, immediately. I was like, oh, this, this sounds great. And it's been a great experience, but like have, let me just, I just jump back in the whole moderation module federation thing. It definitely still goes. In fact, actually, Zach just released in open source a Next.js library so that you can get it into Next.js, which has been this long running thing. But I think the whole area of micro front ends has just gotten much, much bigger since I first got into it. You know, it was just sort of module federation and I think single spa and a couple others which is where we were when we did that first initial uh, podcast. And now there's like the whole island architecture concept, which I think is sort of similar and related. And there's Astro, and there's Quick, mm-hmm. and there's just, I mean, there's all these things. And it's, it's just becoming very exciting. And of course, but it's not, no less complex 
I'll tell you, like having listened to it, like, you know, a lot of that complaint. And I think a lot of folks, they jump into it because there's this weird complexity curve around it where it's, it is slightly easier in the beginning to share code mm-hmm. as opposed to like an NPM library with it. But then it gets really hard really fast as you get into deployment. And so it's just like, you know, just, just most of the time, just do the NPM thing. Yeah. yeah, it's That's funny just, because I remember like a lot of the conversations we've had around it is it's such an awesome concept. And at a high level, it just sounds amazing, right? Like I can mm. develop these islands in isolation. And I think if anything's changed in the last year and a half, like you said, there's there's more options. But those I think the reason for it is people are trying to solve some of these problems that came up, right? How do right. I use it with this ecosystem? How do I if I'm building 20 islands, how am I going to, where am I going to put them? How, how am I going to dynamically right. load them? How am I going to handle errors when they come in? So I feel like a lot of our, honestly, of all of our topics, this one's probably one of the ones that comes up the most in just recurring episodes. Because I don't know, I feel like all sorts of different frameworks, Astro most recently comes to mind, yeah. have, have been trying to tackle this in different ways, shapes or forms. I think you're completely right, TJ. There hasn't, we haven't quite reached that level of maturity yet where there is kind of a prescribed or recommended way to do it. So everybody is still kind of throwing things at the wall to see what sticks, but we we haven't quite gotten there yet where it's like, oh, this works really well. It's very easy to get started with. It's, it's you know, it continues to be easy once the applications get larger or things get more complex. So we're, we're making inroads towards it, but we definitely haven't reached that yet. Yeah, there's no jQuery of micro front ends <laughs> yet. That's what it <laughs> <laughs> Just load the CDN and you're good to go. <laughs> I didn't know you were on the jQuery team, by the way, TJ. That's what I, what I learned when, when I listened to your podcast. Back in the day, it used to be a big selling point. Like it sounded really cool. But I think nowadays it's becoming more of like the the ancient past. <laughs> jQuery is in more places than React. That's still, true. Yeah. Still powers a lot of the web. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, though, the, the various DOM knowledge from working like on the jQuery innards, like that stuff is sort of that is the past because nowadays the number of times I have to bust out like tricks to traverse the DOM or work in both directions. Oh, Lord, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, occasionally, like sometimes I'll be working on a marketing site and I'll be like, oh, you need a quick script that can get into that text and do something with it. It's like, oh, I know. <laughs> I know I how to do way. that. But yeah. <laughs> well, should cool. we talk about your origin story page? Yeah. So I am the next newest member of the team. And I actually appeared for the first time on React Roundup in episode 106, which was about responsive design and a then, I don't know if it was fairly well known, actually, but it was a thing that I had stumbled across called React Socks. And it is an Mm. NPM library that is made specifically for loading different different components into an application based on screen size. So instead of having to write media queries, or if you just have, you know, a f- maybe you have a footer on a mobile site, but you have a sidebar on a, a regular desktop sized site, instead of having to try and write different components and ternaries to inject one, but not the other or vice versa, this was something where you could just install React Socks, wrap that component and say, when the screen size is large, show this. And when the screen size is small, show this instead. So it was just, 
I guess, an easier way to kind of handle ternaries or if you had multiple different cases, you know, instead of trying to write switch statements inside of components or things like that, it just simplified it a lot. And it was actually based on a conference talk that I had given on some different ways to do responsive design. And that was my invitation to React Roundup, where we talked about the talk, different ways to handle media queries and different ways to do responsive. And similar to Jack, I was just kind of asked, you know, one or two episodes later if I would like to become a recurring panelist. And I said, absolutely. I mean, it seemed like a great a great way to be connected to the React community and keep up with the new changes and meet some really interesting people doing some really cool stuff. And I'm very glad that I did agree oh, to yeah. that. Absolutely. It's been a lot of fun. So looking at React Socks, it is it's <laughs> its last commit was over a year ago. It, it kind of looks like work on the project stopped <laughs> kind of as soon as you talked about it, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. That's, the peak socks. Yeah, it's the, the socks. React Roundup is a yeah, that's uh, awesome. But I will say that it's the sort of project that like it's kind of like feature complete as is, right? Like yeah. it, it doesn't like do? you know it it provides a nice way of giving you well, breakpoints and conveniences and like it's it's kind of feature complete as is. Like it doesn't really mm-hmm. as long as it works, right? Yeah, you just got to so, bump the React version every every time React bumps. You know, it's like okay, yeah. well inherently compatible with everything so you know (laughs) yeah and if you don't mind you know loading some more javascript into your react project which you probably don't if you're a developer like the rest of us then it's fine but to be honest i really haven't used it in any production applications myself i've reached for css media queries and you know relied a lot more on css to handle that sort of thing than i have an extra library because i it seemed like a good idea. It probably is great for some particular use cases, but at least for the stuff that I was building, it really didn't need to apply as much as it might for for others. <laughs> yeah, I literally did this just recently. Like within the past two weeks, I did the the whole like nav bar change over for Melmol kind of thing, and it was yeah. Material UI, and I think it had just used use media query, which was is, is their hook for you just give it. I think it's like oh, it's got all kinds of cool variants, like up down once oh it gets great actually i'm, I'm loving on material five Woof. so good i do feel like this react socks probably had some influence because i feel like this approach is something that's quite common because like the syntax here is kind of like what material does right you it, you're not like going into css and hard coding some media queries for how things work instead you're like configuring your component like i know We've we've done this with Ant Design, where it has like rows and columns and some different syntax you can provide for that. Bootstrap has similar things. Um, mm-hmm. I'm less familiar with Material, but I know it does have oh, some yeah. syntax. Yeah, it's got that. It's, it's got somewhat. It's like got grids. So. It's got stacks. It's got all that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. React Socks might not be super popular, but I, I feel like its influence lives on. <laughs> yeah, I'll take yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, you. How about you, TJ? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my first episode was episode 102. So I just missed the the 100th episode celebration. (laughs) But on paid UI components versus open source components, which at the time I was a developer advocate for Kendra UI, which is a paid component suite. And so it was an episode where I was, I I definitely had a bit of a biased interest, but I was also like very upfront. I was also very upfront and honest (laughs) about that as well. But it was actually a conversation about how 
crazy the JavaScript world is, uh, just from the financial part of things, the fact that Mm -hmm. we are, this is an industry with very highly paid people working for companies that have a ton of money. And yet all of our tools are completely free, like pretty much all of them. And just like the just taking a step back to like appreciate how insane that is, like trying to explain yeah. to someone outside the tech world, like that the face Facebooks and Googles have, have teams of people that their full-time job, highly paid jobs are for building these frameworks they give away for free. It's yeah. just, it's okay, just so how crazy everything. all of that is. And I was trying to make an argument that like, it can be okay to pay for things. Like, especially if you're deriving some significant value out of it, because you're, especially if you're working for a larger organization, you get some things by spending money Mm -hmm. because you're less by paying money and supporting people. You're less likely to bet everything on react socks and have it not be, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's still out there, man. (laughs) I can still install that thing (laughs) a year or two later. I, I think like in terms of if anything has changed for this, I remember either at the time or shortly after that remix started off as a paid offering and they were very like they made a big deal about it, right? Like we we want you to pay to use it, that it helps support the framework. Uh, so I I remember talking with them about that because we were at the time making a pretty similar argument. And then they probably about it's probably been about a year uh, basically abandoned that and joined everybody else in giving their framework away for free and try to trying to make money some other way. So right. you know, in a sense, that was another casualty to that argument. On the other hand, though, you have GitHub Copilot, which started out for its first year of life free for everybody who wanted to try it, which I assume was a good way to get people hooked on it and not want to give it up when it switched to its now paid subscription model. (laughs) Boy, that worked out. You guys both gave up on it. I didn't. But I, yeah. (laughs) Well, I gave up on it before it was paid. So (laughs) it wasn't even worth nothing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even use it when it was free. So, oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> we tried it, didn't like it. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's still a topic that I feel like is the the paid versus free. Though I th- feel like is just as relevant today. Oh, yeah, like definitely. honestly, if if more so, but because it's still open source funding is still such a strange place. I think the the other thing that's changed too is just how much VC money has come into the open source JavaScript world because. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, Vercel hadn't been thrown a boatload of money. Who are some of the other ones? There's like Rome, like all these projects that are raising. Uh, Dino, I think, has raised money. All of these tools that have just money coming in for these completely free tools is mm. kind of a weird place as well. Yeah, I, I've definitely seen a lot of authors out there kind of complaining about this. I think there's like there, there's the heavily like backed projects. And then there's this giant chasm to uh, this huge amount of projects that we use that get nothing or just like Mm -hmm. somebody's you know pet love you know the was it again the the shift left or whatever left bad the 14 14 lines that destroyed the web right exactly yeah i was looking at one actually just a couple of days ago like js diff (laughs) and you know it's run by kevin decker i i I know kevin and i don't think he makes anything out of that but i mean it's got (laughs) 50 million downloads or some such things craziness mm-hmm. used by everything yeah there's definitely there's a problem for the people who write the little npm libraries like leftpad or other ones where they just do one one thing they do it really well but there's no i mean as far as i know there's no support there's no 
Patreon, there's no anything for those people whose whose little contributions, you know, add up to these much greater frameworks and libraries and things like that. And it's so it does seem like there should be some sort of compensation for them because it's so unfair. It's it's not a whole lot of code necessarily, but, you know, everybody uses it whether they know it or not. And that should get something besides, you know, a pat on the back or you can see that you have 75 million downloads of this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The bragging rights, I guess. Then right. exactly pay the bills. No. <laughs> and that's the that's that's the complaint. And yeah. kudos to you, CJ, for being, you know, for for doing that work in jQuery. I think that's great. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's it's the going back to the the because I know one thing we did want to discuss is just very meta, like why we do this at all, uh, why <laughs> we do why we do podcasting, but to get into like why do open source, like I definitely was cur- I definitely some of my motivation was to make the jQuery library better, but some of my motivation was also very like, you know, personal, like this is a good way to get my name out there to yeah, just the totally. fact that I could put on my resume that I had done this. That was a big part yeah. of my motivation as well. And I feel like that's what keeps a good chunk of the open source world going too. Because if you could say I'm the person that works on this popular tool, it has a way of opening doors. Oh, absolutely. And opening doors is important. You know, the the interviewing world is just still so crazy and bad. You know, mm-hmm. you get these just absolutely nutso interviews that have nothing to do with anything. And then, <laughs> but if you can just say like, hey, I'm part of this, I'm the maintainer behind X and they use it. I mean, that that's, that op- as you say, opens a lot of doors. Yeah. It leads a lot Street easier interview speech. road. Yeah. So in terms of why we do the podcast, uh, Jack, is that is that your your motivation for, what, to make interviewing easier on myself? For, nah. Oh, I wish. Why, why are you here, Jack? It's why am like, I here? Are, <laughs> I'm, I'm here because I love you guys. I, I, I have no, seriously, I, this is has turned into the best part of my, my week, honestly, is, is hanging out and just having fun. And, and if that's if people like enjoying and listening to it, I think that's great. And I mean, I think originally, sure, it was I need I need subs on my YouTube channel, you know, and <laughs> just get out there, like get the name out. Like, but I will say, I guess like, having talked to God, you know, I, we talked to a lot of content creators because I think one of the things you know, our, our sourcer does is they go off and they look at like Medium and Dev2 and all those. And it's like, oh, you wrote an article on random thing. You can you want to be on React Roundup, and which is great. But I would say, you know, if if you want to get your name out there, that's definitely and I'm Asian, you and I have talked about this a lot in the past. Like the easiest entry point is getting into content creation. It's just just take the readme that you just wrote for yourself and just write an article around it, and and now you've got you know how to go and do Docker for blah 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 blah, right? Right. And yeah, that's the easiest thing to do. So yeah, I I will say yeah, it was probably that motivation. But now I just I really enjoy talking to great guests, and and there was a couple of you know I can standouts for me uh, recently, and I and of course being with you guys just fun, just really fun. <laughs> Very cool. Wow. Page, Fire Page, why are you here? Make it existential. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Please. So I definitely came into being one of the panelists for React Roundup for better notoriety. So I, for those of you who haven't heard my origin story from the very beginning, I didn't start out with uh, computer science. I don't have a CS degree. I don't have any of that background. I'm a marketer by trade and by teaching. So I did digital marketing for the first five years of my career and then decided that I really wanted to be one of the people helping create the solution, not just kind of project managing it and managing client expectations. I went back to school for four, uh, four months 
And it was one of those immersive coding boot camps and then came out and started working for Home Depot as a software engineer. But one of the things that I always felt and I still feel to this day to some extent is the imposter syndrome because I don't have those credentials behind my name. I can't point to some sort of a computer science degree. So one of the things that was a really great piece of advice that I got from a fellow senior developer at the time was to start writing and to start showing that I knew what I was doing and what I was talking about, even though I couldn't necessarily point to a traditional schooling background. And that kind of was what propelled me into being asked after writing for probably a year, a year and a half on Medium, just on my own to start writing for companies. You know, I was contacted by SaaS companies who have their own tech blogs, and they asked if I wanted to write for them. And that led to being invited onto some podcasts like JavaScript Jabber, which is one of our sister podcasts as a guest. And it just, so it all kind of spiraled and kind of kept gaining momentum. But that was definitely one of the reasons that I wanted to be a regular panelist was not only would I be able to learn from some of the really interesting people that we get to have on our show as guests, but I would also be able to kind of help connect myself to the React community and show that I was part of it and uh, a, a valuable contributor and member of the community. So that's how it started. And I've stayed for similar reasons to Jack. It's really fun to talk to these people. It's fun to talk to yeah. my, my panelists and my co-hosts each week. And I really enjoy being part of this, this team and this group of people. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's really rewarding. Hi, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately, I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and in some cases, just taking their career to the next level. You know, whether you're beginner going to intermediate, intermediate going to advanced, whether you're trying to get noticed in the community or go freelance, I've been helping these folks figure out how to get in front of people, how to build relationships and how to build their careers and max out and, and just go to the next level. So if you're interested in talking to me and having me help you go to the next level, Go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching. I do it even if I didn't get paid. Oh, wait. <laughs> I, know, I don't get paid. Yeah, right. I don't get anyone to know this. Exactly. But, uh, can I just throw in that page? I'm with you. I have, I have, I didn't go to college at all. Actually, I have no background in CS. I started coding when I was 13 years old, and I just, you know, and so I have horrible imposter syndrome too. Like, oh my god! Every time I fail through an interview, I'm like, oh my god! Do I, mm -hmm. do I have any skills at really all? Belong. I don't know. Ah. <laughs> but as someone who has a like traditional computer science degree, I can tell you firsthand that. It, while it does provide some benefit, especially right out of college, like there's it's diminishing returns over time. Like the <laughs> being now, let's see, 15 plus just over 15 years out from that degree, like the amount that I recall or that I think it's actually benefiting me is pretty much nothing <laughs> at this point. Wait, you haven't sorted a binary tree lately? Really? No, right. no. And uh, honestly, even <laughs> just... Its biggest oh value God. is just helping you get your first job. And then like once beyond that point, like it's, I don't know, it doesn't provide a ton of value, but yeah. And thankfully, this is one of those careers where it's not like you get a teaching degree and it took you 
100k to get the teaching degree to, for a job that pays 30k a year it's it's definitely the inverse it's like you know you get you should be able to repay your student loans pretty quickly off yeah i think like in hindsight not to d- dive into this topic too deeply i feel like we could point to a previous episode where we went down this rabbit hole before but i feel like for me college the bigger things i got was actually not the computer science stuff like over time the the different writing and you know, oh yeah the, the, like that sort of aspect is actually been far more beneficial than just knowing how to do binary trees in C++. <laughs> <laughs> but to bring it back to our, our topic of why we joined, for for me, it was very much at the time I was a developer advocate in the React space. And so being a developer advocate in the React space, doing a React podcast is like the biggest slam dunk. No brainer. It is literally your job to get to know people in the React world <laughs> and to be able to share whatever it is you're working on. So a podcast is like the perfect way to do that. But fast forward, it's now been two some years and I no longer do that. Right. I no longer <laughs> work in the React space directly. I kind of do indirectly. We do some React stuff. Ad blues, but it's very much not my day to day job anymore. So the reasons I'm still here get back to really what Paige and, and Jack said. It's it's being able to talk to interesting people. The one I'd say a couple interesting things I'd say sort of behind the scenes is one, it's kind of amazing who will say yes to come on a show that you run, uh, like because. People, if you think about the people that come onto the show, they usually have some sort of incentive to be here. It's like they want to get their name out. They want to get their project's name out. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's kind of amazing some of the big names that you can just reach out to through a Twitter DM or through a, an email if they have an email listed and they'll just say yes. And you can. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That is definitely cool. Yeah. There's a famous, I should look this up, but there's a, a Steve Job. It's a, it's a quote. It's like a one minute video clip that I, I like quite a bit where he, when he was, I think 13 years old, he called up just the CEO of some some random computing company because he found his phone number listed and asked if the guy had any like spare parts for working on. I can't even remember what he was working on, but he just cold called him and asked. And the guy said like the guy was so amused that this kid had called up. Right. That he said, yeah. And he gave him he gave him the parts. Right. And he got him like a summer internship and such as well. So. It's 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 kind of crazy what you can get away with if you just kind of you know, reach out and ask. So, you yeah, you know, it never hurts to ask. That's mm-hmm. boy, that is a life lesson right there. It never hurts to ask. So, I mean, if you are looking for a job, if you are trying to reach out, uh, like just if you're trying your own content creation, right? Uh, maybe you want to do interviews. Uh, could be a podcast. It could be just for YouTube, whatever streaming, whatever the kids are doing these days for your TikTok, <laughs> for your TikTok videos. Yeah, yeah, it's all of it. It's all of it. it never hurts to ask. Uh, so that would be one thing. And so talking to interesting people. Talking to Paige and Jack, that's definitely one reason. The other thing too is like I feel in a remote working world, it's I'm mostly okay with it. I've been doing it for a long time at this point, but I rely on conversations like this for my sanity quite a yeah. bit as well. Yeah, yeah. It's because if if it's just me in my office all day, <laughs> some days that's okay, but sometimes you're hit with this just like existential dread of like, oh, <laughs> it's just me here. I haven't, I haven't left. I haven't really talked to anybody. And so just having an hour a day every week to, to chat with interesting people, have a fun conversation. I don't know. I find it fun. That's why I'm still here yeah. and still doing it. Boy, 
you're so right. And it's, I think at a lot of jobs, I'm, I'm like the one or two react developers, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, one, and it's like, okay, I really want to get into the nitty gritty of why you state blows, blah, 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 blah. And there, and people are like, can't we just order tacos? You know, I'm like, oh, I have, but I want to talk, man. I want to get into this. And it's like, yeah. this is that. Yeah. Well, and who better talk to talk to? Like, you can, like, you want to talk, oh, Astro's kind of interesting. Well, why not invite the creator of Astro uh, on here? Exactly. <laughs> and ask, right? Right. And yeah. ask him, ask him why. Uh, that's, and of that's course, they'll just show up because they're cool. Mm-hmm. They're well, and nice. something that's kind of fun that you don't necessarily get as a viewer is that we talk to each other even outside of this podcast. Like, we have a Discord where we chat and we'll throw things in there. And it could be about something that we're working on at work. It could be about, you know, what mic and, and camera setup do you use for your right. for your recording? It's all kinds of different things like that. But it's actually really fun to, you know, to have people who you can ask these questions because they do similar stuff, but also have their own, you know, unique points of view or unique things that they're working towards or trying to solve for. So it's really it's fun in that regard. And it's more and it, it's a lot more personal than maybe Twitter relationships or random discord people who you've talked to or written to but never actually seen or spoken to. <laughs> I've ran into podcast guests at at conferences, right? Uh-huh. And it's amazing. It's amazing how when you see somebody in person, it's like, oh, you can reach back to that time you talked. And it's just like an easy right easy intro right to knowing who some of these people are yeah yeah and you're like you're not the same height that i thought you were on camera (laughs) (laughs) just always the case (laughs) yeah 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 i I mean i can't i would love at some point to meet you guys in person like i yeah i mean i'm on the west coast y'all are like major east coast and and tj i think you're mid midwestern somewhere or something Mm-hmm. Like I, I am know, in whatever. Michigan. Yeah, oh, got a Detroit okay. Lions shirt on there. Oh right, like, give me all the hints. Yes, <laughs> sure. And, because I actually do what football sometimes, but okay. <laughs> and I'm by the sorry, way, by the way, Detroit Lions. <laughs> it was a previous guest of the show, James Quick, who was on back in episode 129. I ran into him. He's now quite the the YouTube superstar too. Oh yeah, uh, like like he yeah. just hit 100k. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, uh, but I ran into him at that conference, and it's like good to say, like, oh hey. I remember. I, I remember chatting you. with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah think that is fun. That would be something that we need to try and do. You know, we can all go to the same. We we should all show up at the same conference at some point. <laughs> and not get COVID. Like, y'all right. going to your <laughs> IoT conferences and getting everybody. I'm like, you guys are going to get COVID. No, no, no. And then they all come. Everybody's got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> just the way right. we live in now. All right. So I know the last topic we wanted to get into, we, we, we normally don't like to pick favorites, but I think that's the last thing we're going to do. Do we, do we have any personal favorite interviews or guests or any, anything we want to, to call out? Mm-hmm. Well, I, Paige, I, I'm so, I think you missed this one when it was really sad. Eva Cop was just, um, I, oh, she's so, so good. And it was just a, such a great interview. And man, she was like three steps ahead of us on everything. And, and it was just so much fun talking to her. That's, so that's my personal favorite. That's a good one. One of my favorites was Mark Erickson, because he's mm. one of the Redux. Yeah, he's one of the Redux maintainers. And the just the amount of experience and the depth of knowledge that this guy has is amazing. And he's also a fantastic speaker. So whatever episode that was, and we'll have to link to it in the show notes, but we just talked for probably 
over an hour. And he just had interesting anecdotes and information. And it was it was by far one of our most interesting and most chock full of knowledge episodes. Um, so he was really a lot of fun to to interact with. I remember listening to that and thinking, this guy is just so down to earth. I mean, it was just like, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm just chilling, watching TV. And it's like, I guess I just look through the PRs. On the thing, you know, whatever. It's all good. Maintain, you know, one of the maintain Redux. Yeah, exactly. Maintain like half the React ecosystem, (laughs) like there. Boom, you know. Right. Gotta do something while you binge watch Game of Thrones. You know, that's the thing that I've I've still never totally understood because we've had sort of by the nature of running to this running this podcast, the people we interview are very productive people. But it's just it it, it's just what we're going to attract for guests. And I feel like we've asked the question, like, how do you get so much done to like <laughs> yeah. probably 40, 50 different people? And they they all just shrug it off. Right. They're all just like, I don't know. I just I just do it. Right. Like right. there's never like there's never been like, oh, the, with this three quick tricks, you can also <laughs> process 20 PRs a day there. It's just very just down to earth. Like, I don't know. I just like doing this. So I do it sort of deal. And they're like, I've got a couple kids. I've got a wife, (laughs) a full-time job. That's not this. And I still do this. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, the kids part. Wow. (laughs) The first couple of years of kids, man. Wow. But uh, yeah, time management is just super critical. And really that leads into my, my favorite interview. And that was when we talked to Tanner Lindsley, who is probably the most prolific human I think I've ever met (laughs) in terms of just the, the amount of work he puts into the frameworks and also just the the hands-on stuff for that. And also because the interview was just genuinely useful as well. Like we're now using React Query for our day job, right? So like it's another benefit of doing this. It's good. It's kind of way it's technical support, right? Like (laughs) questions about how things work. Well, why not reach out and and see if you can get them answered? But Mm -hmm. he's just a fun guy. And also another thing just for just behind the scenes, when you're doing a show like this, you want guests that are just talkative people just in general. So like the, not that any guests are better than others, of course, (laughs) but the, the hard thing as a host is when you get a a guest where you ask them a question and they just answer with like, yeah, yeah, yes, 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 (laughs) no, right. Right. And like, you want people to elaborate, to maybe tell a story about it. Right. Both because like, not only does it help make the show more entertaining, but it's just more just interesting, right? To yeah. to get a backstory behind this. You want to provide, the reason people are listening to this is they want more than just something they could easily Google because <laughs> anybody could look up just simple answers, which is why we try to ask questions that are hopefully a little bit more interesting and in- engaging. Yeah. So for Sometimes. any future guests who want to be on the podcast, just be willing <laughs> to expand upon your answer. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. There's definitely times that I look at like the show prep and it's like, it's just one article and the article is like very, very like detailed on one little thing. And like, how am I going to make 45 minutes out of this? I have no idea. Like, I hope you can talk about different things. But Tanner Lindsay, what a great person. Oh my gosh. I know him outside of all this and it's just, wow. Holy moly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's a fun one. And he is one who not only came on once, I think he's been on two or three times. So mm. we're always getting updates on the latest <laughs> and greatest for React Query and React Table and React Router and, you know, whatever else has become part of the TAN stack. 
mm-hmm. that's really cool too to see how it's evolved and grown and become even more stable and mature over time. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting. I guess people do take what we say seriously, right? And they take it as recommendations. And there's a lot of people, <laughs> folks out there looking for the right way to do things. And when we say, you know, it's whatever, when we recommend X or Y, they take it really seriously, you know, which is, eh, you know, not always the best thing to do, but whatever. I mean, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> you know, I mean, same thing with the YouTube videos or Medium articles, that sort of stuff. But I would say Tanner Lindsley Libraries and Daishi Kato Libraries, which are, he's the guy that's doing a lot of state management stuff, are the two ones that, like, just off the top of my head, I could say, I would never have a reservation recommending those. Oh, They're yeah. So well supported. So well rock written. Solid. So well, just rock for solid. And yeah, can't go wrong. <laughs> And I would hope that we're we're pretty good about dropping in our it depends or it's, <laughs> yeah, uh, it depends on what you're building. You say it a so lot. Hopefully, hopefully people take everything we say on here with a, a healthy grain of salt. <laughs> right. You must I think you should. Your you're an engineer. Diligence. <laughs> yeah. You're an engineer. You know, if you're an engineer, then you then if it's on your code base, you are responsible for it, regardless of if you wrote it or not. And therefore, you should do your due diligence. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, is there are there any other meta topics we want to get into? Anything we missed? Anything else to to celebrate for for number 200? We get a birthday cake or something? (laughs) Some party streamers and balloons. Right. Where's our plaque? (laughs) Plaque. Well, one thing that we could do, and we kind of touched on this a little bit, but I guess is how would you get into a podcast if you were interested in in it and didn't necessarily want to go out and start your own because that's a lot of work and a lot of, you know, just extras. But if you wanted to get to somewhere like we are, do you have any advice for people? (laughs) So I'd say with anything, first of all, don't be afraid to start something up. It's anything else in Mm. life. You have to do it with podcasting with anything else. You have to do it a bunch to get good at it. You'll make a first podcast. You'll hate it. But until you (laughs) go through that process of doing it, you're never going to learn. So I'd say that's the first thing. I'd say buy an average microphone. Like you don't need a high end mic uh, to run this, but you don't want to be recording on just like your MacBook Pro's (laughs) mic uh, because it will podcast is the one place where audio quality, you can notice it to an extent. You can definitely notice, like if you've listened to podcasts where they bring in a guest, you can always tell if the guest is like calling in on the phone or, or something like that, because you can just tell the audio quality degrades quite a bit. It makes it harder to listen to. So I'd say buy a decent bike. You can buy, like I'm, I'm with a, using a Blue Yeti here, which is not super expensive. It's a decent investment if you're starting up a podcast. And I also say use some sort of software that makes your life a little bit easier. It is... Modern podcasts are tricky in that you can upload them to many different places. So some sort of software to help automate that process is probably going to make your life a little bit easier as well. And then invite guests, you know, ask people, yeah. make, make your make like a show website and make it seem like a really big deal because that's all people, <laughs> people that are going to show up to it. They don't know how many people are listening, right? They have no, no idea. It's true. It's, yeah. They have no idea. So make your website look really, really impressive, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Puts a, you know, invest in that, invite some cool people, and chances are you'll get some somebody to say yes. <laughs> Paige, you any ideas? I mean, I would definitely second the microphone. Um, mm. It's funny, I was watching, I think it was an, a news clip the other day, and they were interviewing somebody who was a doctor, and you could tell just from the poor audio quality 
that he was using his computer's speaker and microphone. Uh. It just sounded so tinny and hard to understand. And it was, it was very difficult to even make out what he was talking about. So, you know, like DJ said, get a, and it doesn't have to be a super expensive, you know, I'm about to become a newscaster type of microphone at all, but just get something, even if it is a cheapy one from Amazon, it'll, it'll make a, a huge difference. So definitely that. And as far as getting, you know, like getting onto a podcast, like we are where we're hosts, but we don't necessarily have to deal with the, the backend portions of stuff, do something or write something or make something that is worth talking about. That's the thing. Mm. It's like we all in some form made videos or wrote articles or gave meetup talks or whatever for years. And then the traction started to come. So there'll be a while where you feel like nothing that you're doing is making an impact or is worth really talking about or sharing. But the more that you do it consistently and the more practice that you get at it, the more likely you are that you're going to get picked up by one of these JavaScript newsletters or you're going to be asked by a company to write a technical article for them or somebody is just going to kind of reach out to you because you wrote something really good and they're like, hey, we'd like to come on and talk more about this. So you got to put something out there that is worth somebody taking note of and you're going to put a whole lot more out there that nobody's going to take any note of before that happens. So don't expect overnight success, I guess. But if you keep plugging away at it, you're eventually you're going to get good and you're going to you know, make make waves in one way or another. <laughs> yeah. So another behind the scenes thing is that we sometimes these are really short and often we have about an hour to record stuff. And sometimes we'll get a, a guest on who's like talking through a perfect thing, Mike, and you're like, and, and we're like, nah, man, we can't. No. And right. So we spend 15 minutes trying to debug like, wait, do you have your fan on? Do you blah, 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 blah. You know, finally get to at least a decent level where we can just kind of noise reaction it, you know, try. anyway, whatever. But that's, yeah. So if you're going to try and do this thing, yes, please get a, get a decent mic. They're not that, honestly. And then, you know, it's interesting that, yeah, you just expect that you're going to go through this valley of despair, you know, when you, you, you you're yeah. like, oh, wow, my, I'm going to put content out there and everybody's going to love it immediately because, man, at work, they tell me I'm just the greatest, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And then you put stuff out there and like three people watch it, you know, and you're like, whoa, that's not what I expected. <laughs> and, and it lasts for a long time. Yeah. And then, and you're, and, and I've seen so many people give up, you know, and people have like big followings, you know, like I have 40,000 Twitter followers and I'm going to hit my YouTube channel and it's just like, just doesn't, you know, cause it's different, different thing. But mm -hmm. one, I, Ira Glass, who's on, Boy, uh, this, this American, American Life, life right? Yeah. Had a re some really good advice. Like uh, he was doing one of those talk about the show kind of things and being interviewed about the show, and was like, "You just have to have a sense of taste of your own taste of like what you would want to listen to, and then just constantly be following that sense of taste, like you know, so that you're you don't feel like you've ever gotten to the point where you're at the top of the mountain, you're doing your best work. It's like there's always something you can improve upon. Like you can get bigger guests, you can. Blah, 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 blah. You can promote it better. You can have better production quality, whatever it is you're looking to do. Yeah, that's a mantra in the product development land, too, where you should be building products you want to use. So it's a similar yeah, concept, yeah. right? What would you want to listen to? And you're banking off the fact that there are 
almost there, they're, they're for sure are lots of people like you out there. So if mm-hmm. you're creating something useful, if you're putting in the hard work to create something useful, it'll pay off. But like Jack said, you have to be ready to <laughs> suffer through a good amount of time of, yeah, <laughs> you got to put in the grind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's very, <laughs> if you have an ego, you're not going to have an ego by the end of it. Boy, anyway. <laughs> it's a humbling experience. <laughs> it's a humbling, exactly, exactly. Well, and having some like a pages marketing experience can help a lot. You start to realize yeah. the value of that when you get into something like this, because you can put out the the best content ever that people would enjoy a lot. But if they never hear about it or they never find it, then, right. you know, what good did it do? Yeah. yeah. Article titles are key. <laughs> it's just a lot of work. It's a lot of also, you know, you got to cross promote, you got to collaborate, you got to go on the other podcast, talk yep. about your podcast and your content and all of that. So, yeah, yep. it's a lot of work. <laughs> a lot of work. Hey, folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show, or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production. And you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. Well, excellent. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Do we want to move into our 200th edition of Picks? Sure. All right, Paige, why don't you kick us off this time? All right. So this time I have a tech gadget that I'm going to recommend to anybody who is a MacBook user like me and knows that four Thunderbolt ports are not enough for anything. (laughs) I have two external monitors. I have a microphone. I have a camera. I have now, because I work for an IoT company, I typically have hardware on my desk that's being powered and four ports just and and a cord for, for the MacBook to power the whole thing. So it just does not cut it at all. I've had dongles. I've had hubs of just extra USB ports. I've tried a lot of things and I hated all of it because it was just more wires and stuff sticking out of my computer, making it look not great. So this weekend, I finally did the research and bought a Thunderbolt port or a Thunderbolt dock. And Mm. it is awesome. I got the Cal Digit Thunderbolt dock and it has three USB ports, three Thunderbolt ports, I should say, on the back. It has four USB-A ports on the front, and it has its own power source. So you can eliminate your MacBook charging cable. I can plug in both of my monitors, which are on Thunderbolt cables. I've got my camera plugged in. I've got my mic plugged in. I've got my keyboard plugged in and charging. I've got an IoT device on my desk that's being powered. Everything is all connected to this one little box, and the box is only like yay big. It's right? you know, yeah. a little bit bigger than a pack of cards. The The actual power supply for it, the battery is larger than it's the chunky. box itself. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's <laughs> but that's on the back beast. of my desk, so I can't see it. It's out of the way. And yeah. um, so far, I love this thing. It's great. I only have one cable that now goes to my actual laptop and everything else just plugs into this and it does it. So it is a bit of an investment, I will say, but for the lack of things that I have to plug and unplug to take my MacBook anywhere. And now I can have everything running at the same time. I would say that it was definitely worth it for me. I'm going to have to check it out because the the little, I've got a little docking thing as well, but I went with kind of a cheaper thing off Amazon. And I mean, it works, but I would put works in air quotes because <laughs> like sometimes my monitors don't connect and I have to just unplug it, replug it a few times. And it's not... I don't know. It, it's okay, but 
I definitely think it's, I might revisit this and invest a little bit more. Yeah, I tried for one of the cheaper ones at first as well. And it seemed like it was going to do everything that I needed it to do. But when I got it, I realized that it does not support Thunderbolt. It was just USB-C. So my monitors wouldn't turn on, wouldn't even realize that they were connected. So that's when I learned that I must invest more in order to get this. (laughs) And then there's like another level, which is you got to get one. If you you have like, I have a Mac M2. That it's the 13 inch, which only has the two ports, and you can only run one monitor directly off that. And so you have to get a one that has display link, and then you can run additional monitors. But if you have a MacBook Pro that has the four, you can use the CalDigit and run two monitors directly. It's such a mess. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. And see, both my monitors run off HDMI, which is part of my problem, mm. which I think I could probably convert, but it gets into just more. Yeah, you got to get the display link. Yeah. And, oh, yeah I don't yeah, want to yeah, yeah, purchase yeah. more cables. I've got ah! enough cables. <laughs> and oh my gosh, the EU decision to do USB C. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, uh, I don't necessarily agree with it. So we'll have to, oh, we'll have to agree, have a, agree to disagree <laughs> on that one. Though. Oh, oh, yeah. It'll be a subject. Well, it's complicated. <laughs> I love it. That's great. True. <laughs> Jack, what picks do you have? I don't know. For anybody playing the Le- the Lego home game, I just finished up the Ferrari Daytona SP3 that my wife got me for my birthday. And it was a, a cool, very cool build. So strongly recommended on that one. Looks fantastic. Awesome. Nice. For me, I'm going to pick another podcast. Uh, it's one called mm-hmm. Dithering which is with Ben Thompson from Stratechery and John Gruber, who's known for doing all the Apple reviews. And it's a podcast that is, I think it's twice a week, but its gimmick is that it's only 15 minutes. So Mm. they talk talk on a topic for 15 minutes. It's nice and sweet. It's pretty easy. I think it is a paid podcast because Ben Thompson offers it as part of his Stratechery uh, subscription. But that is also a pretty good uh, deal. So... If you're into that sort of stuff, it's it's all tech stuff also. Like they talk about anything tech, like the last episode was on Stadia, the death of Stadia and what all that meant and stuff. So if you're into tech and you're looking for something short and sweet, I, I find it pretty entertaining. Nice. I think the idea of shortcast is very intriguing for sure. Like It certainly appeals to me. I don't like yeah. listening. Yeah, who's got time for that? Yeah. <laughs> who wants to yeah, listen to a 45, 50, that. who wants right. to listen to yeah, a 50-minute podcast, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> who would do that? Droning on about their 200th episode, what do I care? <laughs> 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 All right, everybody. Well, this was a blast, as it always, always is. Fun. But it's, it's fun to do for a 200th episode, so yeah. I guess here's to 200 more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I should have gotten you. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us and see you next week. See you next see week. You Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C A C H E F L Y dot com to learn more.